to this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today's date is Wednesday the 3rd of February and in the studio today is Ola. Hello. And Mike. Hiya. So what have you guys got then? I'm going to be talking about pancakes, rugby and trumbo this week. I've got a film festival, uh, stuff going on for Chinese New Year and Irish acoustic folk rock. And I've got World War II drama, Jack the Ripper and an interview with an ice cream connoisseur. But just before we start, we've got a competition running on Daily Info at the moment. Do you want to tell us about it, Katie? Yes, we've got our pro and anti-Valentine's Day competition running at the moment. And there are lots of fantastic prizes that you can win. All you have to do is share your best or worst Valentine's Day encounter, summed up in a single sentence, on our website, and you could win one of the prizes. Try and go for kind of more amusing rather than actually tragic. Though, yes, the please. <laughs> Makes it a bit sad. Uh, but Tuesday is Pancake Day, so I've had a look around and found some of the best places to get pancakes in Oxford. Now, obviously, there are a lot of places you can get pancakes for breakfast or brunch, but if you need pancakes all day long and into the evening, um, there's a couple of places you can go. So Rick's on Cowley Road, uh, they do a pretty mean crepe, and they're all named in reference to Casablanca, so things like We'll Always Have Paris and La Marseillaise. I've actually made those up, but it's something like along those lines. <laughs> Maybe it's Play It Sam or something. And in the centre of town, then there are two crepe vans, one at the Westgate and one by the Blackwell's Art Shop on Broad Street. Now, St Giles Cafe, at least until recently, did do pancakes as well. Uh, they've changed hands in November, though, and I haven't been back yet, but they may still do pancakes anyway. <laughs> they should do. Uh, yeah, exactly. They definitely should. Perhaps my favourite crepes come from the Old Bookbinders in Jericho. Uh, their company, What A Load Of Crepes, also appear at the intervals of Creation Theatre shows, so people might have had them there as well. Um, but you can get them all year round at the old bookbinders. But I think turning up early for the Tuesday quiz and having a bite to eat beforehand is just a total dream. So you should check that out as well. Uh, but this weekend, the Six Nations starts as well. Since it's on BBC, there'll probably be lots of pubs showing all the matches. But a couple of my favourites to go watch games in are the Portmahon on St Clement's. Or for an Ireland match, maybe go to O'Neill's. On to the events for this week. Flare Path is showing at the Oxford Playhouse from Wednesday until Saturday. This play is set during World War II and was written by Sir Terence Rattigan in 1941. He was actually a bomber during the Second World War, so he's, this is based on his own experiences. And it tells the story of a love triangle between a pilot, an actress and a famous film star. The title refers to the lamps which showed the runways for the pilots which was necessary for the aircraft to take off or land. However, this also provided bombers the opportunity to target planes when they were at their most vulnerable. Is the love triangle based on his own experiences as well? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a great play with sort of stereotypical World War II characters, so if you like that, why not head down? Tickets range in price and start from £11.50. So if you fancy watching some stuff on the screen instead, the Tim Hetherington Society Film Festival is showing at Lady Margaret Hall over kind of the next week. So I didn't actually know who Tim Hetherington was, but you know all of it, don't you? Yeah, he's a documentary filmmaker. He made Restrepo, which I think may have been Oscar nominated or should have been. But yeah, it's a really good film. He ended up um, dying while working in Libya. Mm. Yeah, ago. which is a, it's a massive shame um, because he sort of promoted photojournalism and documentaries and all this stuff that... 
Alamance students, I think, uh, decided to set up the society in his memory to promote the same stuff within Oxford and uh, on a wider scale. Because he attended Lady Margaret Hall as well, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. So there are four films as part of the festival. I'll just run through them uh, fairly quickly. But uh, the first is Tell Spring Not to Come this year, um, which is following the Afghan National Army in 2014, which was their first year when NATO and America, the armies, left the country. Um, and it's been applauded as documenting kind of the human side of combat, as well as a more um, internal view of uh, Afghan military politics and what you know the guys on the ground actually thought of America being there and all that stuff. So that's on the 1st of February. On the 3rd is censored voices which so after the six-day war in 1967 which was between israel and egypt jordan and syria it was kind of a lot of terrible stuff went on and some uh, documentary or documentarians got uh, some of the soldiers to record some stuff but it was censored by the israeli government because it was basically saying how terrible it was but this is a kind of documentary built on the release of those original recordings so really really interesting mm. stuff um then on the 5th of february which is Friday. On the 5th, which is this Friday, is Maidan, which is a film about the um, revolution in the Ukraine against uh, President Yanukovych um, in the winter of 2013 and 14. And kind of, again, hailed as a really good documentary about uh, revolutions. And they say it's not going to age, and it's really interesting. And from the trailer, anyway, it looks, it looks very, very good. And then next Wednesday on the 10th um, is A Syrian Love Story, uh, which has won a lot of awards, actually. But it's about this family in Syria and um, they're kind of political activists and then they journey to the West and um, it's all very personal and very human and, and it's, it's lauded as a great thing. So yeah, this whole festival is really, really interesting and um, it's showing loads of photojournalism and documentary stuff that you're not going to see otherwise or might not think to see. So yes, that's uh, LMH um, all week. I've heard a lot about a Syrian love story. I'd really like to see that. And on the uh, Ukrainian revolution, I actually watched another documentary about it um, just last night, Winter on Fire, which is Oscar-nominated and is on Netflix. It's a Netflix original documentary, um, and it is a brilliant documentary. The most affecting bell ringing I've ever seen on film, which sounds kind of random, but if you watch the film, you'll know exactly what I mean. Now, if you enjoy Midsummer Murders or perhaps less light-hearted crime dramas... You might enjoy this lecture by Professor Anne-Marie Kilday, what an appropriate name, <laughs> um, on the life and crimes of Jack the Ripper. Now, as many people will know, Jack the Ripper was infamous for a string of murders in Whitechapel in 1888, and they never found out his identity. Now, there are lots of different theories about who he was, including royalty and famous authors of the time. In 2014, author Russell Edwards claimed to have DNA evidence from one of the victims' shawl that placed Aaron Kominsky as the Ripper, but this was actually undermined by forensics. The top candidate for Jack the Ripper is Francis Craig, who was a journalist. Now, his wife left him and took up the pseudonym Mary Jane Kelly, and Mary Jane Kelly, I think, was the first Ripper murder victim. So there's a lot of evidence, and they're... Uh, campaigning to get to um, form a post-mortem on her remains oh, to see if there's any DNA. And was, was Francis Craig writing stories about Jack the Ripper as well? Um, I think he was unemployed at that point and then was employed just sort of afterwards and oh, then killed himself in quite a gruesome manner. Oh dear. Jack the Ripper was voted the worst Briton by BBC History magazine in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> what was that survey? Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the... Person giving the talk, Professor Anne Marie Kilday, um, she specialises in the history of crime and has written extensively on infanticide. 
So yeah, she's very qualified to talk about Jack the Ripper, I think. So that's The Life and Crimes of Jack the Ripper by Professor Anne-Marie Kilday at the Museum of Oxford on Thursday night at 6pm, and it's free. There are actually always loads of lectures going on that I'm um, really sad I can't go to because lots of them are during the day. But if you do want to see a full list of the lectures you can see in Oxford, go to dailyinfo.co.uk where they're all listed in our event system. And don't forget about our Valentine's competition. So again, that's you can either be pro or anti-Valentine's Day. We want to hear your best and worst stories, as long as they cheer us up, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any other podcast provider. Uh, happy birthday to Modern Art Oxford, because Modern Art Oxford turned 50 this year. To celebrate, they're going to be launching a year-long project called Kaleidoscope, um, which sounds really interesting. It's going to be featuring some of the most prominent work that's been displayed at the gallery over the last half century, along with uh, new commissions and performances. Um, so over the year, there's going to be a number of exhibitions making up Kaleidoscope, but interestingly, they're never actually going to shut the museum take down the exhibition and put up the new one. They're just going to transition from one into the other. Cool. So, for example, the first exhibition, which is titled Indivisible Present, is going to transition into a moment of grace between the 22nd of March and the 16th of April. But Indivisible Present opens fully on Saturday, the 6th of Feb. But on Friday, there's going to be a special preview event, which sounds really cool. It's going to feature live music from Esther Joy Lane, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, she was on the cover of Night Shift a few months ago and is just a general legend. And the exhibition is going to feature uh, Douglas Gordon's 24-Hour Psycho, which is a film installation of Hitchcock's Psycho, but slowed down to go over 24 hours. Wow. Um, along with Yoko Ono's Eye Blink, which was first displayed at what would have been MoMA in 1966. And there'll be a film installation from Turner Prize winner Elizabeth Price as well, along with lots of other works um, in the exhibition. The preview on Friday is going to run from 7 till 9, and tickets are free, but you do need to book online, so go to Modern Oxford's website for that. And check out what they're going to be doing over the next year. Sounds really Ooh, exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah, so they do lots of exciting stuff there, actually, and they're going to be developing the workshops and doing some building work fairly soon, so it's going to be really exciting. Cool. Cool, so Monday is Chinese New Year. Hooray. Happy New Year. Um, yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs> That's becoming the year of the monkey, um, which is every 12 years, um, and it's in multiples of 12. So if you're born in 1992 or 1980, then you'll be a monkey, and that's good. Uh, they're meant to be clever, apparently, monkeys. <laughs> so that's a good thing. I think I'm a metal horse, but I can't remember what that means. <laughs> metal horse? Yeah, April 90. Hmm. It means I'm a metal horse. I'm, I'm goat. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a rooster. They're, like, they're not the most noble animals, are they? <laughs> Apart from metal They horse, look majestic. Roosters? Mm, yeah. Yes, yeah. A wooden horse would be good. Mm. Trojan. Yeah. <laughs> so there are a few things going on around Oxford uh, to celebrate it. Not as much in previous years, but uh, there's still some very interesting things happening. So the Tree Hotel at Ifley are having a whole event for it. They celebrate kind of a lot of festivals and do some interesting things. So for this one, they've got Chinese buffet and decorations and music and... Uh, Lycee packets and much more they say so that's going to be exciting um, that's on Saturday at 7 in 16.95 for the evening uh, the Ashmolean on Sunday are having a big free day of uh, vibrant day of family activities they call it uh, there's no information about it yet so it's a, it's a mystery <laughs> but um, it should be good for families and you know this uh, the Ashmolean put on some really good events like the Live Fridays and you went to Live Friday I went I went to the China one China night which was one of their first ones actually it was amazing it was really good and I went to the one just um, at the weekend 
But yeah, Ashmolean always put on a good show. Yeah, good show. And they're also presumably tying it into their exhibition at the moment, which is called Tasting China, um, Images of Food in Chinese Art, uh, which is it's kind of interesting because it sort of connects um, the ritual and social importance of food in art and draws on rustic and traditional themes and it looks quite interesting. Uh, and then the Museum of the History of Science, this is kind of looking a bit further ahead, on the 18th of February, are having a kind of workshop to make Chinese dragon fire clocks. Cool. So, yeah, um, really cool. So it's, a, it's another family thing. You... I don't even know what that means. Yeah, that what? sounds amazing. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, just go in uh, and try out making one and then have it. It's great. Awesome. Do you have a favourite Chinese restaurant in Oxford? So I'm a big fan of Wok and Roll, mm-hmm. uh, mainly for the name, I think. <laughs> I like Zheng in, um, in Jericho. It's pretty good. I haven't visited many. I need to visit more. I've been to the Dancing Dragon in Summertown and Oxy at mm. the exam. Delicious. On to other food stuffs now. I had a chat with Graham from Ice Cream in the Covered Market and asked him what has been the wackiest flavour he's ever tried making. Wacky. I did pumpkin. I think that um, for over Halloween, yeah. again, I had some. St- I had made a stracciatella, but instead of putting chocolate in it, I, I, I had some raspberry uh, or raspberry or strawberry syrup, which I put all over it to make it look like blood. Lovely. I tend to find that people will often by using their eyes rather than their taste buds, which is slightly frustrating because mm. pumpkin was just stunning. In its raw form, um, it doesn't have a lot of taste, but you add a little bit of nutmeg and a little bit of cinnamon to it. Not a lot. Mm. It, it makes an amazing difference, and it just brings out the, the taste of the pumpkin. Yeah. So I, a lot of people um, who run a gelateria um, call the area their kitchen. They call it a lab. I, you know, so you've got to be a little bit of an alchemist, really. <laughs> Listen to the full interview on the Oxcast Extra to hear how Graham turned his dream into a reality, how they decide on flavours, and what the Hoff had when he popped in last week. <laughs> What's the weirdest ice cream flavour that you've had? I've had a Stilton ice cream. Stilton? Mm. How was that? I suppose, was it was it made with Stilton instead of cream? Or like yeah, there's cream? A, a place that makes a load of cheese-flavoured ice creams, and you have them as sort of starters or things like that. Really? Savoury ice cream, yeah, it's good. That's good oh, I don't know. So I, don't, I, I, can't, I don't know <laughs> if I'm convinced of that. I once went to an ice cream farm that had amazing things. So if they had Christmas pudding ice cream, which just had mm. big chunks in it. Ooh. Uh, they also had like princess ice cream, which was covered in glitter and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> I've had an ice cream Christmas pudding. That's good. Like with it's, oh, the other way around. <laughs> yeah, the other way around. Like you make an ice cream in the shape of Christmas pudding. It's mm. really tasty. That's much better than natural Christmas pudding, I reckon. Yeah, it's got raisins in, though. Oh, no. Oh, secret raisins. Secret raisins. (laughs) So make sure to head down to the Covered Market um, to try one of Graham's fantastic ice creams. They're open Monday to Saturday from 9.30am to 5.30pm and Sundays from 10am to 4pm. Just worth noting, they have something for whatever your requirements are. So they have vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free and egg-free options. So no excuses. Get down. Mm. Uh, so if you like chilling out, then there is gig Shameful. on Monday. <laughs> There's a gig on Monday at the O2 by Villages. Um, so if you haven't heard of them, uh, they're a kind of acoustic Irish folk rock band. So their kind of biggest song was "Becoming a Jackal" uh, back in sort of 2010, which won the 2011 Ivan Novello uh, Prize for best song musically and lyrically, which is you know the top one. So they've had some success, and so they're now on their fourth album, and um, that's what this tour is about. Mercury nominated as well, weren't they? Yes, yeah, twice. Mm. So, yeah. Not bad. Big things are happening. 
Um, yeah, lots of this tour is sold out around the rest of the country, so it's uh, definitely worth grabbing a ticket for Oxford. Um, yeah, they're kind of a bit like Mumford and Sons as you go to sleep, or maybe sort of <laughs> a combination of seeing Las Vegas and Pet Shop Boys if they had a love child with Coldplay type thing. You can imagine what that might mean. How would what? <laughs> <laughs> and they've toured with people like Tracy Chapman and Elbow, so they're kind of on the verge of being massive, and their music is kind of... If they wanted to transition to stadium anthems and stuff, I think it could quite easily. So, um, yes, I reckon they're going to be big. I'm going to this gig, actually. Mm. I'm very excited. I think Tracy Chapman and Villagers are really amazing to have seen that. Yeah, cool. very, very cool. I mean, it's interesting because I, I wonder if this kind of music is going out of fashion a bit because um, people like Mumford & Sons, we haven't heard much from them recently and all the people that liked this kind of more chilled out, folky thing have moved maybe more over to solo electronic artists fulfilling the same criteria of I don't know I think Mumford and Sons have been doing different things but mm. like Marcus Mumford did a lot of work on Inside Lewin Davis soundtrack and things like that mm. and that wasn't too long ago so I'd say they'll be back pretty soon okay yeah cool yes well I'll go into this and it's going to be great anyway <laughs> but you should come along too uh, that's at the O2 on Monday at 7 and tickets cost £16.87 I've got a couple of cinema picks as usual uh, for you this week. Uh, so things opening on Friday. First thing I've chosen is Trumbo, which is going to be opening at the Phoenix. Uh, this is the story of Dalton Trumbo, who was a high-profile screenwriter. He was one of the Hollywood Ten who refused to testify before the House on American Activities Committee, um, investigating those with communist and Nazi tendencies or ties. Um, and basically, he wouldn't snitch on his comrades, and he was held in contempt of con- Congress, imprisoned and uh, later blacklisted from working in Hollywood. Now, while blacklisted, many of the writers actually continued to work, uh, but they'd take cut price wages and they wouldn't be able to be credited, so they'd um, have to get a friend to put their name in or just use some different pen name. Um, Some of the works that were actually done under pen names are incredible. I won't kind of ruin the surprise, but you do see some of the things that Dalton Trumbo ended up writing that you didn't quite know about or that he wasn't credited for and it's it, it is awesome um the kind of the way that they were subverting this blacklisting by hollywood um so brian cranston who plays trombo he's been oscar nominated for his portrayal um and it's very period it looks amazing uh, there are these obligatory scenes of sort of furious typewriting while the camera sort of sweeps around them with 50s <laughs> jazz playing like you'd see in any kind of beat generation film you've ever seen and helen mirren plays this poisonous right-wing uh, columnist in it and she's got just an incredible array of hats that are just worth seeing the film for <laughs> on their own. But yeah, it's a really solid made film, interesting, um, and it's a nice little period piece. Uh, it opens at the Phoenix in Jericho on Friday, and it's running all week, so I'd make sure you check that out. It would be nice to see Helen Mirren playing a villain. Oh yeah, she is. She's oh, nasty. Good. <laughs> Um, and then 101 Dimensions is going to be screened at the Beacon in Wantage on Saturday. The tickets are only £2. This is the Disney animated version from uh, 61, not the 1996 live-action one with Good. Glenn Close. Um, <laughs> both are great. Both have their merits, I think. Anyway, mm. uh, yeah, so the animated version. Uh, yeah, that's on Saturday afternoon in Wantage. Um, and finally, Dad's Army opens at The View and George Street Odeon on Friday as well. Um it's, the cast is just impeccable. It's Bill Nye is playing Wilson, Toby Jones is Captain Mannering, Gambon is Godfrey, Tom Courtney is Jones, and Blake Harrison, who is Neil in the Inbetweeners, plays Pike. It also, also stars Catherine Zeta-Jones, and I'm just really hoping the result is as good as the casting, but I'll definitely be seeking it out. Sounds really good. Brilliant. All the similar things for the week, uh, for all the men's in Oxford, 
are on our website, so check them out. If you want to celebrate Chinese New Year with a takeaway, why not find a Chinese restaurant near you using our food and drink guide? We've also got glutinous and gluten-free recipes for pancakes for Tuesday, if you need those, they're on the website. And make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just search Daily Info Oxford. Mm, 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 mm. Daily, daily, daily info. 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 Mm. Daily, daily, daily info.